0: to the Strange Matters Podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss anything and everything that is just outside the norm. I am Sean, and I will be the host for this discussion. In this episode, I will be discussing one of the craziest, controversial, and one of the more popular modern conspiracies out there today. Now, for our most recent episodes, we have been dealing with a lot of pretty serious and at times disturbing subjects. This includes topics like horrible human experimentations a group of hikers freezing to death unexplainably, the abduction and murder of an innocent woman, and even an ex-Nazi who built himself his own pedophile's paradise. So, I thought we should just keep right ahead and roll on with this recent trend of serious and heavy-hitting episodes, and for this discussion, talk about one of the most important subjects yet, and that topic is the correct shape of our home planet. So, if you haven't guessed it by now, I am talking, of course, about the infamous flat-earth theory. For some people, this may be a confusing subject, as many may be completely unaware that the shape of our planet is still up to debate. Well, it is. Now, if you were to take an average preschooler and put a number of simple shapes in front of them, and tell them to pick out which one our planet looks like, I bet nearly any of them would instantly choose a sphere. And while the majority of adults would agree, There are some thousands of very vocal individuals around the world that would instead vehemently say that that child is dead wrong. So while the common person who listens to this episode will probably find this whole idea pretty ridiculous, even before hearing all the theories and suggestions about why some believe the Earth is flat, at the same time there are plenty of conspiracy theorists out there who legitimately believe in this radical suggestion. For this episode, I will be discussing the theories and supposed proof that some use to support this idea, as well as some of the counters others use to explain that the Earth is in fact sphere and shape. And this topic was suggested to us by one of our listeners, Alex, who also helps support the show, so thanks a lot, Alex. Before I get started, though, I would like to remind our listeners that Strange Matters podcast is made possible by our generous listeners who are supporting the podcast through our Patreon page, we would like to sincerely thank our newest supporters of the show, Kai, Loretta, Adrian, Kimberly, Ian, and Sloan. On Patreon, you can donate as low as $1 a month towards the show, and as an incentive, all of our patrons will help decide which upcoming topics we should focus on, as well as getting access to exclusive bonus episodes that we put out every month. If any of you listeners are interested in helping support our podcast, you can visit our page at patreon.com slash strangematters, or visit our website and click on the Support House page. Now back to the Flat Earth Theory. Before we get to the bizarre, modern take on it, let's first go back and look at some of the ancient history regarding the shape of our planet. Many ancient cultures of people believe that the Earth was flat for long periods of time. This includes Ancient Greece up until the Classical period, along with most civilizations of the Mediterranean and Near East and the Bronze Age. Cultures in India held this belief up until the first couple centuries A.D., and China did until the 1600s. Also, many native people of the American continents had ideologies about the Earth being flat as well, up until the Europeans arrived. The first instance we have of a scientific proof of a spherical Earth would eventually appear with Pythagoras in 6th century B.C. Pythagoras was a philosopher and mathematician of ancient Greece, And not to trigger anyone's nightmares of high school geometry class, but he is obviously who the Pythagorean theorem is named after. So at the time, Pythagoras taught others that the sun was a moving sphere in the center of the universe, and that all the other planets, which were also spheres, revolved around it. He is the first person known in human history to have taught knowledge that the Earth was indeed spherical. Despite this, perhaps not believing the word of this one mathematician and scientist, Or maybe Pythagoras just didn't do a good enough job of spreading his knowledge around. It wasn't until several hundred years later when Aristotle again provided evidence of the spherical shape of Earth did this fact really start to take hold and spread amongst the civilizations of the area. Later in the year 240 BC, the diameter of the Earth was first determined, and Ptolemy developed latitude and longitude around 150 AD. To follow through, these concepts carried on through the Roman Empire after absorption of the Hellenistic civilizations and into the Middle Ages. Though the average Joe Schmoe of medieval times probably did not know or really care what shape the Earth was in, virtually all the educated people, scholars, and scientists maintained the notion of a spherical Earth. Thomas Aquinas, who is probably one of the most well-known theologians of the Middle Ages, wrote once, "...the physicist proves the Earth to be round by one means, the astronomer by another." for the latter proves this by mathematics, while the former proves it by means of physics. So I don't know about the rest of you listeners, but this kind of goes against what I was taught way back in early school, that everyone in Europe thought that the world was flat, until the brave and intrepid Christopher Columbus set out to prove that the Earth was round by sailing west from Europe. Sadly, Columbus was just a few millennia late in that regard. In reality, he caught flack because of how terrible his math was, throwing away the conventional wisdom of how big the Earth really was, Christopher instead took it upon himself to do his own calculations, and actually thought that he could quite easily sail from Europe to Asia. It's lucky for him that there was a huge continent right in the middle of his journey that he stumbled across, otherwise he and his three famous ships would have been doomed by his miscalculations. So the entire notion that Columbus was fighting with the church to prove what shape the Earth was in was basically just bogus, and his crew had absolutely no fears of suddenly sailing off the side of the Earth. So the first major instance of a so-called flat Earth theory in the modern time came from an English writer named Samuel Robotham, who in 1849 wrote a pamphlet called Zetetic Astronomy, in which he showed his proof and the results of some experiments he did that tested the curvature of water over a long drainage ditch. He argued that the Earth is an enclosed plane, centered at the North Pole and bound along its outer edge by walls of ice. He also stated that the Sun, Moon, and all the other planets were merely a few hundred miles above the surface of the Earth. One of his supporters, another Englishman named William Carpenter, published his own conclusively work titled A Hundred Proofs of the Earth is Not a Globe in the year 1885. As for some examples why he believed the Earth is flat can be found in his writing, including this passage there are rivers that flow for hundreds of miles towards the level of the sea without falling more than a few feet, notably the Nile, which in a thousand miles falls but a foot. A level expanse of this extent is quite incompatible with the idea of the Earth's convexity. It is therefore a reasonable proof that Earth is not a globe. And another ingenious quote from the man solidifies his theory, saying, if the Earth were a globe, a small model globe would be the very best because the truest thing for the navigator to take to sea with him. But such a thing as that is not known. With such a toy as guide, the marine would wreck his ship of a certainty. That is proof that Earth is not a globe. To me, this is obviously a really sound argument. Because if the Earth really was a sphere, why would these sailors use these silly instruments like sextants and use the stars as reference to navigate instead of simply having a model globe with them on their ship? It looks like William Carpenter really cracked the code on that one. Later in the 1950s, there was even a Flat Earth Society created for such like-minded individuals. When the Russians first launched Sputnik into a high orbit above the planet, the creator of the society Samuel Shinton countered by saying, Would sailing around the Isle of Wight prove that it was spherical? It is just the same for these satellites. For a more modern philosopher, earlier this year the rapper B.O.B. also came out in support of the Flat Earth Theory, stating in several tweets, You've been tremendously deceived by people who say the Earth is not flat. And, A lot of people are turned off by the phrase, flat Earth. But there's no way you can see all the evidence and not know. Grow up. And lastly, No matter how high and elevation you are, the horizon is always eye-level. Sorry, cadets. I didn't want to believe it either. Of course, these remarks caused quite a buzz, as many people attempted to use basic 4 centuries old logic to counter his statements but there were also a lot of people who came out in support of such a flat earth theory. So now that we've gotten that little history lesson out of the way, needless to say, for at least the past couple hundred years, the shape of the earth is assumed to be that of a sphere. Now we would just dive right into the modern flat earth theory, and why there are a good number of people out there that still hold to the notion that we are living on a disc-shaped planet. I went onto the Flat Earth Society website to hear from the source itself, some of their basic beliefs and theories as to why they think that the Earth is flat. One of their simpler answers is that people can see the proof themselves, as instead of relying on complicated science and physics that no one could really understand, we can simply use our senses and perception to see the world for what it truly is. They state, The world looks flat. The bottoms of clouds are flat. The movement of the sun, these are all examples of your senses telling you that we do not live On a spherical, heliocentric world. Also, the society believes that they do not really have to go out of their way to bring concrete evidence of their theory. Rather, instead, the notion of a spherical world is the theory which has the burden of proof behind it, and not their flat earth theory. And I'm guessing because there is an incredible amount of knowledge and proof that the world is a sphere going back thousands of years to ancient Greece, that all this evidence just isn't quite enough to sway the flat-earthers from their own theory. Some people might argue that this debate is moot right off the bat in the modern age because we have pictures of Earth from space, right? And we have satellites orbiting the planet for decades and have images of Earth at just about every angle from space to show that the Earth is round. However, the flat-earth theorists disagree with this, saying... Satellite photos of Earth as a sphere are fabrications of a round Earth conspiracy, orchestrated by NASA and other government agencies. The most commonly accepted explanation of this is that the space agencies of the world are evolved in a conspiracy, faking space travel and exploration. This likely began during the Cold War's space race, in which the USSR and the USA were obsessed with beating each other into space to the point that each faked their accomplishments in an attempt to keep pace with the other supposed achievements. However, since the end of the Cold War, the conspiracy is most likely motivated by greed rather than political gains, thus opening up the tremendous amount of funds to embezzle as it only takes a fraction of the total budget to fake space travel. This line of thinking regarding the fake space exploration reminds me of the Moonland conspiracy, which is another one of my favorites. I also discovered that the flat earthers do not really believe that gravity could pull the Earth into a sphere-shaped because, according to them, gravity doesn't actually exist, or at least isn't as strong a force as is commonly thought. They state instead that the Earth is constantly accelerating up at a rate of 9.8 meters per second squared. This constant acceleration causes what you think of as gravity. Imagine sitting in a car that never stops speeding up. You will be forever pushed back into your seat. The Earth works much the same way. It is constantly accelerating upwards, being pushed by the Universal Accelerator, or UA, known as dark energy or etheric wind. I'm not sure exactly what this dark energy is or what etheric wind means, but I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation behind it somewhere. So some of you weird round Earthers out there may be wondering what flat Earthers think the planet actually looks like, if it's not a sphere. Well, the leading flat earth theory holds that earth is a mostly flat disk with the arctic circle and north pole in the center and antarctica is not itself a continent but rather a 150 foot wall of ice all around the rim of our flat planet they say nasa employees guard this ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disk i don't know what would happen to anyone unfortunate enough to topple over the side of the earth but they would probably be torn apart by that torrential, etheric wind that is pushing us up forever. Earth's day and night cycle explained by saying that the sun and moon are spheres measuring a mere 32 miles or 51 kilometers in size that move in circles 3,000 miles above the plane of the Earth. And the distant stars that we see move in a plane 3,100 miles up. Like spotlights, these celestial spheres illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle. To put it in simple terms, it appears that the flat earthers believe that the entire planet is actually just one big flat set surrounded by impassable walls, just like in the movie The Truman Show, for those who have seen that. Beyond the Photoshop images of Earth given to us by NASA, flat earthers believe that GPS devices and airplanes are also rigged, so that the pilots believe that they are flying in straight lines around the globe, when in reality they are just flying in large circles above the plane of our flat surface. As for all the footage that we have of astronauts weightless in space, which would suggest that humans have been able to go into outer space and orbit our planet, flat Earthers have a few explanations as to how this footage was staged. One idea is that all filmed footage of astronauts was really done in a zero-g plane, or an airplane in parabolic flight, which means it's descending at such a speed and angle that the passengers basically experience a weightless environment. Other even more extreme possibilities is a secret underwater staging center for such faked events. Or simply that the astronauts are just actors and they're suspended by wires in front of a green screen. This would be quite the endeavor as there would have to be hundreds of faked films of astronauts spanning many years. As I've mentioned before, the common hell belief is that the flat plane of the Earth is surrounded by this tall thick wall of ice that surrounds the entire circle. This also explains the mythical landmass, commonly referred to as Antarctica, by round-earthers. So basically, if the Earth was a pizza, the cheese would be the oceans, and the toppings would be continents and islands. And this ice wall would be a thick crust that surrounds it. As before what's beyond this ice wall, even many flat-earth theorists do not really know what lies beyond it, though a few have put forth guesses. Some believe that the ice just goes on forever in some type of weird chilly infinity land, Another proposed idea is that another ocean lies beyond this ice wall, perhaps worn by its own separate sun. Others have run further with this idea, and have suggested that a- another landmass lies in that outer ocean, which has been called Antictone, also referred to as the legendary Atlantis. This secretive continent has lakes, forests, mammoths, and hills covered with vegetation far inland. As for how people have reached Antictone, there are rumored vast tunnels which lay underground and reach hundreds and thousands of miles. Alexander the Great is said to have even used these tunnels to traverse this lost continent, and the Nazis, of course, managed to explore it in the late 1930s. Samuel Robotham, who I mentioned earlier as the founder of the flat Earth idea, conjectured himself about what lay beyond the ice walls as something we can never find, saying. Human ingress is barred by unsealed escarpments of perpetual ice, extended farther than eye or telescope can penetrate, and becoming lost in gloom or darkness. Now all this goes against all the countless expeditions and photographic evidence of those who have actually traveled and explored Antarctica, but more than likely, the flat earthers would just say that these are also staged or faked, just like all the space travel evidence. One big debating topic in this theory is the curvature of the Earth. Now, if you were to go outside and look out into the distance or the horizon, you really wouldn't see the distant land curving any. It would appear more or less as a straight line to your vision, if you could take away anything obstructing the horizon line like trees, hills, and buildings. Therefore, according to flat Earth theorists, if the land appears to be flat and not curved, then all of the Earth must be flat as well. After all, you can pick up any sphere-shaped object and see the curves on it. Though this may seem silly to most people, it really is a driving argument of the flat earth theory. The popular scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson has said of this subject that we can't see any curves just because of how massive the earth is relative to us humans. To us, the deepest trenches of the earth and the highest mountains seem absolutely huge on scale. But in reality, when you take into account the size of the Earth, there are really nothing. Mount Everest is about 5.5 miles high, and the Mariana Trench is about 6 miles deep. If you were to put these two landmarks beside each other, take the distance from the bottom of the Trench to the peak of Everest, and then flatten it out, you could really drive that distance in no time at all. So really, the only reason we can't see the Earth's curve is because of our tiny scale compared to it. If you were to take one of those big yoga balls us humans can clearly see, that's a sphere and it's curving. But if you were to drop a tiny insect on it, for example, they might have trouble seeing the edge as anything but a straight line. So in reality, the selling point of the Flat Earthers doesn't make much sense. Also including that on the ocean you can actually see distant ships start to sink beneath the horizon line and line of sight because of the Earth's curve. Though I'm sure they would just argue back that it's some kind of optical illusion, caused by the waves, or some kind of photoshopped images, or something like that. Perhaps one of the most outlandish ideas of this theory is that the atmosphere of our planet does not extend up high and eventually lead into space beyond. Instead, we, in our planet, are all living under a massive clear dome-like structure. Those that believe in this theory again have no definitive idea of what lies beyond this dome, but it surely isn't the normal space that we know about today. Again, there are ideas out there that there is a massive ocean that is on the other side of the dome, which to me is certainly a scary thought when wondering what would happen if a crack or hole appeared in the dome. There is also a theory that the entire sky is fake, and that instead all that we see when we look up is the work of holograms. So in this, projectors are placed around the Earth, and are shooting upwards, and paint our side of the dome with the stars and planets that we all see at night. As to who, how, or why these holograms are being used is again up in the air, with explanations ranging from aliens to God. One thing that is known is that this obviously isn't human technology, as it would have been put in place basically since the beginning of human civilization. Needless to say, of even the strangest ideas attributed to the flat-earth theory, the dome-and-hologram hypothesis might be the most bizarre head-scratcher of them all. So by now, many of you listeners are probably thinking, anyone who could actually believe such a thing must be absolutely just crazy or mentally unhinged, right? Well, maybe some of them, but you might be surprised at just how many seemingly ordinary people can really believe such an out-there idea. In a recent study, Eric Oliver and Tom Wood, who were both political scientists at the University of Chicago, found that about 50% of Americans endorse at least one conspiracy theory idea. Now, these conspiracy theories can range from the notion that 9-11 was an inside job to, again, the faked moon landing, which I mentioned earlier, and any one of the multiple theories about the JFK assassination conspiracy. Eric Oliver has said that many people are willing to believe many ideas that are directly in contradiction to a dominant cultural narrative. He also states that conspiratorial belief stems from a human tendency to perceive an unseen force at work, which is known as magical thinking. However, even the above-mentioned conspiracies may seem more reasonable than debating the actual shape of the earth. In order for the flat earth theory to be true, It would be the oldest and most widespread mask of conspiracy held up by every single world leader to continue on the charade. So just what kind of person could believe such seeming nonsense? Karen Douglas, who is a psychologist at the University of Kent in the United Kingdom, studies the psychology of conspiracy theories like this, and has done some research into this particular theory. She has said, It seems to me that these people do generally believe that the Earth is flat. I'm not seeing anything that sounds as if they are just putting that idea out there for any other reason. So basically she is saying that of the flat earthers that she has studied and spoken to, that they genuinely actually believe what they are saying, and they aren't just spreading this information out there in an attempt to troll the human race. She has also mentioned, one of the major points of appeal to this movement is that they explain a big event, but often without going to detail. A lot of the power lies in the fact that they are vague. When all is said and done, the flat earth theory is certainly an entertaining conspiracy theory to say the least. It is probably the penultimate mantra of only believing what you can see with your own eyes. Can't see the curvature of the earth when you go outside? Huh. Must just be a flat disk then. Of course, the average person will not take this theory serious in the slightest, as it goes against everything that we've been taught since our childhood. I haven't been into space myself, but I still believe that it's what surrounds our planet because of all the scientific and photographic evidence. And I'm sure that's what the average person listening to this episode today also believes. So in conclusion, I think that this theory unfortunately just falls quite flat. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you have any feedback or thoughts on this episode, perhaps your own theories as to why the Earth is flat, or ideas of what lies beyond the ice wall... Feel free to contact us here by writing to us at our email, strangematterspodcast at gmail.com, or get in touch with us at our Facebook page or Twitter. We enjoy discussing any of our covered topics with our listeners, regardless of what shape you believe our planet to be in. You can also visit our website at strangematterspodcast.com, where you can comment on, listen to, and download all of our episodes. Strange Matters is a member of the Dark Myths Collective. Dark Myths is a group of like-minded podcasts which explore the darker side of human curiosity and interest, with a wide range of genres including mysteries, true crime, supernatural, and more. This month's feature podcast is n Empire, hosted by Sam Davis. It is a very good history-based podcast, and we have a short audio plug here made by Sam himself to explain a little bit about his show, so please take a listen. Greetings, listeners. I'm Sam Davis, the host of Inward Empire, a podcast that explores the role of ideas, ideology, and myth in American history. Each episode plunges you eye-deep into a world that's both intensely familiar and profoundly different from the one we live in now. From the forests of colonial New England, to the scarred mental battlefields of Civil War veterans, to the contested streets of Gilded Age cities. I aim to bring the American past alive for my listeners, and at the same time, illuminate the American present. For more information about the show, visit darkmyths.org or my own website at inwardempirepodcast.wordpress.com. You can check out Inward Empire and all the other quality podcasts in our collective over at our website, darkmyths.org. Lastly, we ask that if you are enjoying the show and are listening to us on iTunes, please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It means a lot to us to hear back from you, and it also helps promote our show so that we can always reach new listeners. Until the next episode of the Strange Matters Podcast, take care, everyone.